This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is going on, TFA fam? Welcome into our first rankings dispute video of the 2021 season. Today, we are starting off position by position, going to get into a little bit of arguments uh, with Kev, Christian, and myself, uh, kind of giving you guys the best content that we can here. We, we know a lot of fantasy sites, they like to give you why to draft a player. This is the guy you need to draft. Here is the best things about him. But we want to give you guys the 360 view of what's good about a player and, and maybe what's uh, the, the not so great about a player. Um, so we're going to go back and forth with some of the players that we're a little bit more polarized on. And we are starting out with the wide receivers here tonight. We're going to go over five wide receivers. So let's dive in. First up is Allen Robinson. Kev, you are the high man at wide receiver six. Christian, you and I are, are equal here. It might be a two-on-one battle to start this out, but we have him down at wide receiver 11. He is wide receiver 12 and underdog ADP right now. So Kev, I'm going to kick it to you first. Why do you have uh, Allen Robinson at wide receiver six? What do you like? Well, one, I mean, he's just Mr. Consistency every year. I mean, the last two years, he's had he's had uh, at least 150 targets each of the last two seasons, at least 1,100 receiving yards, um, over 90 receptions each of the last two seasons. He actually had 100, over 100 last season. And he's doing this with the, the most horrendous quarterbacks imaginable. Uh, he has not had, he's never played with a good quarterback, uh, I would say. And, you know, not that Andy Dalton is great, who will be the starting quarterback he will start with this year. But I do think Justin Fields will be in sooner rather than later. And if Justin Fields can hit the field running, like, it's there's this will be by far and away the best quarterback he's ever played with. And he's always been a, a mega producer. And so for me, if you really look at his numbers, it really comes down to, for him, just the touchdown numbers, right? And last year uh, he had six touchdowns. The year before that he had seven touchdowns. But – the opportunities are there. I mean, he had 16 end zone targets, which was third among all wide receivers last year. And he had he was third in uh, the year before that. And so the, the opportunities are there. It's just he just has he just has had terrible quarterbacks. He's averaged 16.3 fantasy points per game in 2020, 2019, pretty much the same, 15.9 fantasy points per game, which was ninth among all wide receivers. So for me, in terms of the other guys that I have, you know, that I they're going past him. I mean, and the other the other thing when you when you talk about Allen Robinson is who the hell else there do they have right now? I mean, they have Darnell Mooney, which I love, but Darnell Mooney is not going to be taking a significant number of targets away from Allen Robinson, and it's kind of his show. They don't really have a third wide receiver. You're talking about Daz Newsom and uh, some other bums that they have there on that team. Uh, they really don't have a tight end that you really – I mean, Cole Komet, some people are hyped on this year, but – uh, overall, it's it's kind of his opportunity. It's kind of like a Devontae Adams situation for him, Michael Thomas, where he's the only show in town. And so there's no way I could see him not getting 150 targets. It's possible he could get more in 2000 and 2021. And with a better improved quarterback play, I think the touchdown opportunity spikes. I, I think you could see him get double-digit touchdowns this year, which would easily lock him in to a top three wide receiver this year. So just the opportunity there for him, I, I just cannot pass on that. And so 
the other guys going after him are in a little bit more maybe crowded situations. And so that's why I love Allen Robinson. Christian, you and I are, are down there at wide receiver 11. Give the kind of that counter argument. Why are you not quite as high on Allen Robinson as Kevin? Yeah, well, everything Kev said is true. I mean, Allen Robinson is an absolute stud, has been for years, no matter who he's had at quarterback. And it, this is absolutely nothing against Allen Robinson why I don't have him as high as Kev. For me, it's it really goes to the, the quarterback position. The guys that I have ahead of him, just have better quarterback situations, you know, whether it's, you know, Dak Prescott in Dallas, you know, Russell Wilson in Seattle. Um, I trust these guys more than I trust Andy Dalton and, and Justin Fields. You know, Andy Dalton is, you know, say what you want to him about him. He could be an upgrade over what Robinson's had in the past. I love Fields. I think Fields is going to be an incredible NFL quarterback, but he is a rookie. There's going to be that learning curve a little bit, you know, for, for Robinson, he's going to get all the volume, but there's a lot of guys in, in his area as far as where he's being drafted that are going to see volume as well that just have better quarterback play. So, you know, it, it's not by much, but that's what separates it for me. I'll, I'll take the guys where I trust their quarterback situation a little more than I do Robinson's. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of of that same mindset where you have A-Rob getting 25 and 27% of the target share the last two years. It's really hard for him to get more uh, than he currently is. And so, Kev, you're right. It comes down to those touchdowns. And can he do that with what we think is an improved quarterback situation? He can, but but then going back to Christian's point, I think that we just have guys that we trust more within their current situation. So um, A-Rob absolutely can be that guy that does it, but if you're just putting them in a ranking, putting them in a tier, I'm going to have him just slightly behind some of those other guys where I feel a little bit more comfortable with who's throwing them the quarterback in the system that they that they are in. So that is going to wrap us up for the first guy. Next guy on our list is Chris Godwin. And, and again, Kev, I promise we're not doing all these 2v1s, but again, Kev, you are down there at wide receiver 20 on Chris Godwin. Uh, Christian and I are up at wide receiver 13. Christian, how about you kick us off first? Uh, what do you love about Chris Godwin? Why do you have him up there right outside wide receiver one range? Yeah, I absolutely love Chris Godwin as a player. I mean, we saw just two seasons ago where he was, I think, wide receiver two overall. You know, so we've seen him do it in the NFL. He's a guy that I, I love him as a, as a prospect coming out. I love the production he's had in the NFL so far. And of the three guys on this team, you know, I, I love the role that he has. And I just think he's the best of those three guys on the team. And, you know, going back to that quarterback play, you know, from, from what we saw out of Tampa last year, I think all of us can expect a pretty massive season out of Tom Brady and these wide receivers. And, you know, Mike Evans has been one of those guys that's been very quietly the model of consistently through, consistency through his career. So it sounds crazy to say that he, he worries me a little bit, but I just feel better about Chris Godwin. You know, his style of play, I think, caters to, to more of a consistent, you know, path of week-to-week production. And, you know, Antonio Brown's a head case. You know, I think he's going to be great when he's on the field, but I don't trust him to be on the field every week. You know, he is in his 30s, you know, so of this group, you know, Chris Godwin's my favorite, you know, and, and you know, I, I expect just a massive year from the Bucks, and I think he's going to see the majority of that. Yeah, I think we, we forget a little bit how good Chris Godwin was when he was on the field. He was tied for 15th in points per game, and that's actually tied with Allen Robinson, who we just mentioned, who we think can kind of ascend into that, you know, top – uh, six uh, echelon there. So he, obviously the talent is there. And then he, uh, when he's on the field, he's kind of Brady's top target, right? He was targeted the most when he's on the field for most of those games. I think it was 75% of the games when he played, he was the top target. Um, so in an offense that throws it 38% or 38 times per game, um, him being the top target, Tom Brady behind the, uh, behind center, and they return all the starters, you know, it's hard to imagine that that he doesn't just kind of slide into where he did last year as a, as a 15th, you know, points per game with that ability to excel in, in that offense. So 
I definitely have him up there. Um, I didn't mention that underdog ADP has him at wide receiver 17. So they're kind of right in the middle of Christian and myself and then Kev down there at wide receiver 20. So uh, Kev, why do you have him a little bit lower than we do? Uh, it's really simple for me. Like, Listen, I love Chris Godwin. I have been the Chris Godwin bandwagon since he came out of Penn State. That's why I was I was hoping that he was actually going to leave Tampa this year because that that it's it's just a crowded it's a crowded wide receiver. Like Antonio Brown is not going away. Antonio Brown averaged just as many targets as 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 Chris Godwin did last year. Antonio Brown didn't know the system. He had to come in, learn everything on the fly, had been out of football for how long, and he still was able to produce, started to come on in the second half, really came on in the playoffs. And so I just think they're going to cannibalize each other to where I don't think you're ever going to be able to trust them. And having a wide receiver 13, unless you're expecting an injury to happen, like that is extremely high in my book because I just think that's that's why I can't really get on board really with any other wide receivers. Like, just give me the late guy. Give me Antonio Brown, who's going wide receiver in the four versus you know a guy that I feel like they can put up just as good a production as Chris Godwin is going to be able to get because I just nobody none of these guys are going to be getting 12 you know 10 to 12 targets a game or anything like that there's going to be games where they do of course but it's just going to be very up and down it's gonna be a roller coaster ride with these guys and I just think in the range that that these guys are going like Chris Godwin's kind of going in like I'm okay if he falls to me and he's in a situation where I don't mind, but I'm probably going to pass it. I'm just going to think there's guys with higher ceilings than he has, unless you expect an injury to happen, right? Then then okay. Then, then if an injury comes, then sure. Then I, I think Chris Godwin's wheels up. I love Chris Godwin. I like I said, I was hoping he left, but I just cannot trust drafting Chris Godwin where he's going when when you have these three wide receivers. I mean Antonio Brown once again was was pretty damn good last year and limited opportunities he had. You know, 45 receptions, 483 yards, and four touchdowns. Averaged 14.6 fantasy points per game, which is 23rd among all wide receivers. And he actually averaged more targets per game than Chris Godwin did. Chris Godwin averaged seven targets per game to 7.6 targets for, for Antonio Brown. And, yes, Antonio Brown's 33 years old, but he did not look like a guy last year, you know, especially later in the year, that had lost a step at all. And so – I just think Antonio Brown is going to be a much bigger factor here in this offense and going to cannibalize any opportunity or the major ceiling that you're looking for, and especially at wide receiver 13. That's pretty high to have him. I mean, you, you, you're you saying that you think he's a borderline wide receiver one. I just can't do it. I think – and it hurts my soul because I love Chris Godwin, but I just cannot put him that high. No, absolutely. They, they definitely need the volume uh, for all three of those wide receiver to produce. So uh, we'll have to see if they continue that trend. Uh, our third wide receiver in this back and forth debate will be Chase Claypool. I am the high guy on Chase, having him at wide receiver 23. Christian, you are down there at wide receiver 29. Kev, right behind him at wide receiver 32. Um, he is wide receiver 29, right uh, along with Christian in underdogs ADP. Uh, so maybe Christian, start us off as, as the middle guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chase Claypool? I think this situation is very similar to the situation we just talked about in Tampa. You know, Chase Claypool is the Mike Evans guy, you know, the bigger body, the the guy that's probably more touchdown dependent. Deontay Johnson, in this case, is the Chris Goblin, the guy that's going high, that's the target machine. Um, and then you got, the, you know, the veteran, you know, Juju is a guy that, you know, is getting faded a little bit nowadays compared to where he once was, but he had 97 catches last year. I mean, this is a veteran that's consistent and, you know, you know what you're getting from him a lot like Antonio Brown. So, you know, kind of not to repeat everything we just talked about, I, I feel the exact same way. You know, I've got Chase Claypool a little bit, you know, further behind than I have Mike Evans just because he's not as proven. But, you know, I, I like Chase Claypool. But for me, you know, some of the concerns Kev brought up on Mike Evans, I have for Claypool. So that's why I have him kind of in the middle um, of this group. 
Kev, are, are you feeling the same way uh, when you have him down there uh, at wide receiver 32, or, or what's your thoughts on Claypool? It's, exa- it's yeah, exact same thing. I mean, it's kind of what we talked about last night on our live is that you're not going to be able to expect uh, the Steelers aren't going to be throwing 40 plus times a game with Big Ben, right? They, that's why they went out and got Najee Harris because they want to be more of a balanced offense. And so if that happens, I mean, somebody's losing these targets. And while I don't think it's going to be Deontay as much, it's possible that it's a touch squeeze between uh, Juju and Chase Claypool, while Claypool could be more efficient as, as the deep target. But then again, you know, is Big Ben going to be able to do that on a consistent basis and be able to hit him, you know, hit him deep? And so, I mean, Chase Claypool was ultra efficient with with his eleven touchdowns that he had last year, which is fifth most among all wide receivers. And I, I think you probably expect some aggression there, especially whenever you have a running back like Najee Harris. Once you get down to the goal line uh, and stuff like that, they're going to be feeding him down there. And so, I, I just I loved I, again I love Claypool the talent, and I think maybe after this year, Juju's gone, and it's it's kind of much more of a you know a concentrated target share between these two guys between Deontay and. And Claypool, that I think maybe you could buy into that a little more, depending on who the quarterback's going to be there. But for this year, it's kind of the same thing. I don't know if you're going to be able to, on a week-to-week basis, really be able to, you know, say, you know, is you know who, who you want to play in that offense. I, I would probably lean more towards a guy who I think is going to get more volume, but it's going to be that short intermediate targets like like Deontay Shaw. And so that's why I would much much rather have Deontay in this offense if I'm going to have anybody, uh, just because I don't think on a week-to-week basis you're going to be able to trust Chase Claypool. Yeah, I do have Deontay slightly higher, but. Um, I think the the knock with Claypool that, that everyone's worried about is the touchdown efficiency that he had. And and while I do agree that that efficiency probably goes down, I think people forget that he wasn't really all that involved through the first six weeks. He had only he, he didn't have more than four targets at all in the first six weeks, right? So the first time he actually got consistent starter targets was that week that he had the four touchdown game against Philly, right? He has the three receiving, one rushing uh, touchdown, and that's where he kind of takes off, right? So if we now see that one third of his his season, he was kind of viewed as the the rookie trying to learn his way, not more than four targets in any of those games. Uh, we know that that volume can increase even if they dial it back from 40 attempts per game down to 38 or 37. I mean, they can still be a top seven throwing offense and they don't have to be number one for them to throw the ball quite a bit. And, and if we're talking about this guy and, and his ability to stretch the field and, and how dynamic he can be, um, if he gets a full 17 weeks of doing, you know, let's just say he gets six and a half targets a game. Um, I think he absolutely has that touchdown potential. Does he score at the same rate? Probably not, but can he still get 11 touchdowns now on 108 targets instead of the targets he saw last year? I think that's absolutely uh, possible with his size-speed combo. That we It's really rare in the NFL right now to have that. Um, and then the other thing is, is his catch efficiency was so poor last year. I mean, he only caught 57% of his passes that if you you just expect from, from a, a rookie going into the sophomore year, right, we, we, see, we saw the same issue with Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager. They were both down in, in the catch uh, percentage. We expect that to normally go up. Normally, after their rookie year, they, they find a little bit of chemistry with their quarterback. And so if he can increase that to 62, 63, somewhere around there, we're talking about more volume, uh, more of those points, more of those catches being turned into yards and then touchdowns. So I think that this is a guy that 
is going to explode this year. And, and honestly, like I know I'm the, the high guy right now on wide receiver 23, but this almost feels like that DK Metcalf kind of meteoric rise where people, we, we had that debate last year, you know, is he going uh, too high for where he's at? And I, I see him as that same size speed combo guy in a passing offense that will still pass it a lot, not as much as last year, but they will pass it enough uh, to where if he gets a couple of multi-touchdown games, uh, watch out, man, because I think he'd be a great value for where he's going. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's kick it over to Tyler Lockett. This is our fourth of five wide receivers we are disputing tonight. And he is uh, wide receiver 21 for Kev, wide receiver 28 for myself, and then wide receiver 30 for Christian. And actually, uh, underdog ADP is siding with Kev there. Um, they're highest of, of all of us. We're all three pretty low. Um, they have him at wide receiver 19. So uh, Christian, as the low man, uh, what are your thoughts on Tyler Lockett and what he can do for you in 2021? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think with Tyler Lockett, I mean, obviously you look at his counting numbers from last year, he's a wide receiver one, but 123 points came in just three games. So, I mean, he he's a very, you know, hit and miss guy. I mean, he could score you 50 points. So I think he scored 53 in a game last year, but he, he can very well score you low single digit points as well. So for me, you know, I, I like the guys up up this high in ADP that I know I can start them every week and not worry about it. You know, Tyler Lockett is a little bit of a headache for this ADP, you know, so for me, if I can just choose another guy where I know it's not going to be as volatile, I'm happy to choose another guy. You know, it's it's nothing against him, you know, as a player. He's a fine player, but the inconsistency is what has me, you know, drifting him a little further behind the rest of the group ahead of him. Yeah, and just to jump in with that, I mean, uh, it's the same argument for me really is that um, he is that boom bust player, and while you have to respect he does have those boom weeks, he's probably going to have those boom weeks here again in 2021. Um, I honestly think we just saw the best season from Tyler Lockett. I mean, his targets jumped up from 100 to 132. He got 100 receptions this year. And 36% of his receptions came in three games. 37% of his yardage came in three games. 70% of his touchdowns came in three games. Now, while he can still have those boom weeks, we're talking about a guy that you're just not going to love starting uh, for a handful of games. And so... Um, I think the torch has been passed to DK Metcalf, even though uh, Tyler Lockett did have more targets. I think DK Metcalf takes another step forward this year, and we see it even more 1A to 1B for Tyler Lockett. Uh, and so I think that just regresses back a little bit. Uh, not a lot, but enough where I have him just outside uh, wide receiver two, where uh, he will have boom weeks where he will absolutely be a top five, top eight wide receiver. But he'll have a lot of weeks that disappoint you. And so if we're comparing him to some of those other guys in that area, I'm going to take those other guys over him. Kev, what do you got? See, this is this is the one this is the one that I, I disagree with the most of you on. Uh the most. I should probably have him even higher. I, I I think by all said and done, I could see me having him close to top 15 because he's not like last season was, I would say, his one of his worst seasons he's had. Because yes, all the production came from those three weeks, but the outside of that, he was pretty fucking terrible. Week 10, he had a injury, and, and from that point on, he didn't really look like the same guy. So here's a couple of things with Tyler Lockett. One, if you go back to his 2019, he was far more consistent. There was much less of those down weeks. He had a couple 
where he had a, a little bit of a stretch where he was down, but but he had a lot. Uh, he was far more consistent the year before that, right? He was still a top twelve wide receiver last year. How I don't know, but he still finishes a top twelve wide receiver despite how bad he was in the second half of the season. I think there is a much higher likelihood that he at least maintains. If not, there's still the possibility that that, that target share could actually rise a little bit further uh, this year because this this Seahawks defense is going to be fucking awful. People look at the Seahawks. Seahawks are going to look at the second half last year, especially their last six games of the season, and going to talk about, well, look, the Seahawks defense turned it around. They were bad in the first half, and then all of a sudden they turned it around. No, they just didn't. The, the quarterbacks they played over six games were fucking terrible, like terrible, the worst you possibly could get. So, of course, their defense is going to turn around because prior to those last six games, they, they, they were at 28th in, 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 in points allowed. And then all of a sudden they turned around, but it had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with the teams they were playing and the quarterbacks they were playing. And so this defense is going to be terrible. They didn't do anything really to upgrade that. They 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 told us that they want to throw the ball more, but what they did this offseason by bringing in Dwayne Eskridge in the second round, which a lot of people were surprised with, 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 with how high he went and going in the second round there. They added an offensive lineman as well. And as mad as Russ was last year, you know, in, in this offseason, like I think there's a chance that, that we actually this is the year that we see Russ cook. Right, I think this could be the year that they they completely take off the leash and they allow him to do what uh, what he should be doing, and so Tyler Lockett is absolutely not he he not just brings you that boom upside that Tyree Kill provides the same thing with Tyree that uh, Tyler Lockett has the ability to do where he has that forty point upside in him, but he is far more consistent. He's he's turned more into the Doug Baldwin of this team that we used to see uh, from years back where he's getting much more targets. He's playing much more from the slot. Here you're seeing more short intermediate targets for him as well. His his, his red zone and end zone targets is up there with uh, over the last two seasons, uh, him and uh, DK Metcalf lead all wide receivers and end zone targets as well. And so, listen, I love Tyler Lockett this year. I think he's being undervalued by some people. And having him that low, I think, is, 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 is a mistake. Because, again, he has Tyler Lockett. It's really it's still just a very concentrated target share between him and DK Metcalf. It's them two, and it's everybody else. Sure, Gerald Everett might have somewhat of a role this year. Chris Carson's going to get some targets, but for the most part, it's the the ball is going to go through them two and them two only. And outside of that injury last year, Tyler Lockett looked great in the first half of the season and then fell off. But that but sort of the entire offense. Russ fell off in the second half. DK Metcalf fell off in the second half. The the, the entire offense did. They got rid of Brian Schottenheimer. Thank God. And and they brought in the uh, you know the Sean McVay disciple um, for offensive coordinator and Sean Walden. So I like Tyler Lockett a lot, and I, I think that he is being a little bit undervalued a lot because, like you guys said, because he was kind of almost the MVP in the first half. Like he had those huge games, everybody was excited about Tyler Lockett, and then he just fell off hard where you could not play him at all. He was droppable in the second half of last year. But I, I think that had more to do with an injury. They talked about over the offseason how predictable the offense was, that every team knew – every defense knew exactly what they were going to do and how to shut them down because Brian Schottenhauer didn't make any any changes whatsoever. So I love Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I think this one's worth uh, expanding on a little bit further just because of the, the discrepancy that we do have, right? Like, Kevin, I think you – we are all below ADP. So when you talk about you could have them even higher, that wouldn't be surprising. Like, like we're just 
all a little bit low, you're, you're the closest on him. Um, I think another thing that kind of concerns me, I mean, you hit a little bit on, on Eskridge coming into town, Gerald Albright coming into town. That's their best wide receiver three that they've had in a long time. That's going to be their most talented tight end they've had in a while. Um, we're talking about a, a target share that you think might increase. I, I could almost argue that might decrease. Um, and then we saw Tyler Lockett's yards per um, catch go down, um, drop by almost two and a half yards per catch. So, um, there's a little bit of yardage concern there if he's going to be as high as you're talking about. And the touchdowns have to be there. He has to have a couple of those boom week where he's getting two or three touchdowns. And it's really hard to bank on having a three touchdown game, although he did do it twice last year. So um, those are some counter thoughts. And Christian, I don't know if you had anything else to respond to Kev. I mean, it really just comes down to risk tolerance. You know, it seems like Kev's willing to take a little more risk that early in the draft that I am, you know, it, it, that's what it comes down to. You know, I'm somebody that thinks that you're you're not going to win your draft in the early rounds, but you can lose it. You know, so I'm a little more risk averse at those earlier rounds um, than I am. I'll take some dart throws late, but that early, I would rather get somebody that I know I can check their box on, you know, starting them that week, and I'm going to feel good about it. Well, and you have to expect, too, on underdog, his ADP is going to be higher because that is exactly what you're looking for in best ball is oh, yeah. boom weeks. And so th those weeks that they can win you uh, that week, that's exactly what you're looking for. He's a guy that could probably skew I, a whole round I would round be one to so. bet his ADP on other sites is probably a little bit lower. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Let's move on to our fifth and final wide receiver that we're going to dispute tonight. And Christian, you are finally the high guy. You get to defend your guy, Jerry Judy. You have him up at wide receiver 23. Kev, you're in the middle there at wide receiver 31. And then I am the low guy down there at wide receiver 40. Uh, underdog ADP has him at wide receiver 33. So right there in the middle with Kev. Um, so this is one of our, our bigger discrepancies, our more polarized player. So Christian, I'll kick it off to you first. Why so high on one Jerry Judy? I mean, this time last year, everyone was high on Jerry Judy. I mean, he was, you know, equal with C.D. Lamb in most people's minds this time last year. You know, C.D. Lamb gets to play, you know, in Dallas in a great offense. You know, this guy gets to play with Drew Locke in, in Denver. You know, terrible catch rate, as you brought up earlier, but a lot of that is accuracy, excuse me, stuff with Locke. Um, like you said, catch rate tends to trend up after rookie year. So I'm not really over concerned with the drops and stuff by Judy. You know, Judy's a guy that has pedigree throughout, you know, five-star prospect, performed well in college at Alabama, you know, first upper end of the first round draft capital. You know, I, I mean, this guy has it all. And and to me, he's he's kind of got like a bulletproof skill set. You know, when I'm looking at the guys in Denver, you know, no matter who's the quarterback, whether it's Drew Locke, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, I know Jerry Judy's skill set is going to be able to perform with that quarterback. You know, Sutton, I think, is a little more, you know, of a deep threat. You know, he, he needs more of a vertical game to succeed. Jerry Judy's got a game that, that can, can, see, can succeed with whoever the quarterback is. And I think we've too quickly dropped him from a potential elite player in this league just because of the, the drop rate last year and the fact that Denver's offense isn't that exciting. You know, if Jerry Judy had a better quarterback, you know, put Jerry Judy on Dallas. Where would we have him ranked? You know, I mean, I, I think people are, are moving this guy out of the potential elite status way too quickly. I mean, he, he put up almost a thousand yards as a rookie last year, despite everything. So, you know, not that the quarterback situations changed that much. You know, it's not that Teddy Bridgewater is a massive improvement or anything, but Drew Locke was really bad last year, you know, but Jerry Judy's a guy that I think performed well, despite that. And, you know, the catch rate improving, you know, I just don't see a way he's not going to crack a thousand yards for the first time in his career, you know, and, and if other factors are there, I mean, this is an elite pedigreed prospect right here that can be one of the best in the league. And I think people forget that too quickly. 
Yeah, I'll go next as the low guy on him. And I think you said it perfectly. Like, where would we have him if he's on the Dallas offense? And, and I that's the biggest argument against Jerry Judy for me. I mean, we're talking about a very crowded offense that is a Vic Fangio defense run first type of offense, um, a type of team mentality, right? So, um, and then you add on top of that, we don't have a proven quarterback. We have a quarterback in Drew Locke who we're, we're trying to see what he will be. Um, a lot of people have given up hope. I, I think he can be better, but uh, even if Jerry Judy improves his catch rate up to, let's say 60%, uh, I don't know if that volume is there after they go out and draft Javante Williams. They still have Melvin Gordon. They're going to want to run the ball, play good defense. Um, that, that's going to be how they probably win games. And so I'm just nervous about the opportunities and then still the efficiency, right? 60% uh, catch rate isn't great. We'd have to see him monumentally uh, get better from that 46%. Um, so I, I just don't see him throwing much more than they did last year, 33 times a game. Um, they have Cortland Sutton coming back. They still have Noah Fant. They obviously brought in Javante, as I said before. They have running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. So if you're looking at guys around him, Tyler Boyd, Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Robbie Anderson, those are all guys that I'm going to take above him just because of their situations and that volume that I think they'll get over Jerry Judy. Um, so that's the, the the low side argument. Kev, you're right there in the middle. What are your thoughts on Jerry Judy? If Kev doesn't mind, I'd like to hop in real quick and, and, and ask you a little bit about what you just said there. Like you brought up guys, Tyler Boyd, Robbie Anderson. I mean, those guys are not the, the the lead targets on their team. I mean, I can make the argument that Jerry Judy is the top target on his team. I mean, we can debate him versus Sutton. I think all of us have him, have them probably five or so spots away from each other, you know. Jerry Judy was the better prospect coming out. You know, he was the better college player. He had the higher draft capital and he's not coming off of a major injury. So, you know, there's a lot of favors that Jerry Judy is the top target in Denver. A lot of the guys you brought up, you know, I love Michael Pittman, but we hope he's the top target in, in Indianapolis. We hope so. You know, Robbie Anderson certainly isn't. I think it's DJ Moore there. And, you know, I love Terrace Marshall. I mean, Robbie Anderson's in a crowded situation. Tyler Boyd is certainly the three in Cincinnati. You know, and really the guys Jerry Judy's ranked around, like they, they have all the same concerns. Like I've got him near Jamar Chase, who's never played in the league. You know, Mike Evans, who we've already talked about his concerns. Brandon Ayuk, you know, is a guy that, you know, I like a lot. Philly's similar to Judy, but I like Judy a lot better coming out, you know. So, I mean, I, I don't think I'm ranking Judy ahead of anyone that that is just, you know, you know, crazy to you guys. You know, I, I don't really see any, anything crazy there. But the guys you brought up, I feel Judy is in a substantially better situation than every name you brought up right there. So how are those guys' situations any better than Judy's? Yeah, I wouldn't so much worry about where they are in the pecking order as in terms to what that volume is going to be, right? If you're talking about that Bengals offense, I don't care that Tyler Boyd is technically the, the third wide receiver, which actually I think he'll have more targets than the other two. But um, he can be the wide receiver three and still outproduce the wide receiver one or two on the Broncos just due to the volume, right? If if the Bengals throw 38 times a game and the Broncos only throw 33 times a game, they're going to have a difference of 75 uh, targets to go around at the end of the year. So uh, that's where I guess the, the difference comes from. We talked about Bengals offense. We talked about Pittsburgh offense with Chase Claypool, uh, Robbie Anderson, the Panthers offense. They were a top eight passing team last year. I think they improved their quarterback situation. Uh, Robbie Anderson had just as many targets as DJ Moore. So you can call it the 1A, 1B there. So um, absolutely, you could probably make the argument with Michael Pittman. I, I, I'm okay with that one. But um, those guys, just the volume and what we've seen so far from their production has just shown me more um, than Jerry Judy. He has to earn that. And I, I'd honestly say that outside of maybe Sam Darnold, who we, we haven't seen yet, they, uh, the rest of those guys are in better quarterback situations as well. But we better get Kev in uh, to give us that middle ground 
on one Jerry Judy. I I just lean more into what what Rob said. Like I don't think this offense is going to be some prolific offense that's all of a sudden going to be asking Drew Locke to throw the ball a ton. And there are a lot of options here to throw the ball around too. It's not just Jerry Judy, and if this isn't a, a bear situation where or you know in these situations where there's only one or two of these guys. I mean, Noah Fant is going to get his. Uh, you know, KJ Hamler, who was a second round pick last year, is going to see targets. Like I, I just don't think, and I think people are also uh, forgetting how good Cortland Sutton was. Like Cortland. Sutton heading into last year was a top 20 wide receiver for, for a lot of people right and yes he got hurt but he's gonna have an entire calendar year like he's gonna be fine when he comes back he's gonna play in preseason games like there's nothing to worry about he's 100 healthy right so i'm not worried about the injuries coming off of and and all of that right we're not talking about he got hurt in november or something like that it was what right after week one and and so he got that out of the way but i i just think people are, are discounting Cortland sutton so much that where Corlin Sutton was ascending, you know, 2019, he had 72 receptions, 112 receiving yards, seven touchdowns with Drew Locke, you know? And so I, I just don't think we have the quarterback here. Listen, had Aaron Rodgers get traded to the Packers, we would all be have singing a different tune. I would have Corlin Sutton probably in the top 15. Jerry Judy probably could be in my top 20, right? Like I, I this isn't a knock against Jerry Judy, the player. This is a situation that I have the problem with where I think I have Cortland Sutton at like 28, 29 as well. Like, it's just, I just think that there's not enough volume around for these guys to be going that high to where I would rather take some of these other guys that are going ahead of them that probably are in better offense that have more situation. I think, I actually think Cortland Sutton being there is actually better for Jerry Judy as well. I think actually having somebody there, a dominant wide receiver next to him, that's going to take away some of that coverage and allow Jerry Judy to kind of go into the slot more because the way they used uh, uh, Jerry Judy was a lot like they used Cortland Sutton. He had, a, what, 16.5 uh, yard per reception last year for Jerry Judy. So he was used much more as a deep threat last year where we know that's Cortland Sutton's game. And so that is going to be able to unlock the underneath for Jerry Judy as well. So I don't hate Jerry Judy. And I think Jerry Judy, if you can get him as your wide receiver three or four, I think there is some upside there where it wouldn't shock me if he finishes a wide receiver two in 2021. But I'm betting against it be simply because of the fact that I just don't think this offense as a whole, as a passing offense is going to be good enough. Unless you think Drew Locke is going to really take a step forward. Because uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, we saw it last year, kind of what the ceilings for these guys are, right? Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore were there. And that offense didn't have as many weapons as this offense has in Denver. And so I don't think you can ask either one of these guys to support two wide receivers. And like I said, like I, Cortland Sutton's not going anywhere. It's like, like I said, I just feel like people are undervaluing Cortland Sutton. And so that's just- it. And that's it. That's all we have. Uh, guys, we kept that pretty civil. I thought that might get a little bit more intense for our first one, but we, we kept it pretty civil, had some disagreements there. But uh, hopefully that gives you all a little bit uh, of the pros and cons of some of these wide receivers that we see differently. We are going to hit on the rest of these positions, quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends coming at you. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like the video and comment who you thought um, kind of won these arguments and who you are leaning towards um, with some of these discussions on these five wide receivers that we had. We'll catch you next time. When you need- 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.